Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. My name is Catherine King and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we chat to senior executives from a range of departments, industries and functions, all about their passions, experiences and challenges within data analytics. Let's go ahead and dive straight into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Business of Data podcast. This week, we're talking all about natural language processing, specifically how NLP can be used to better the customer experience. And to do just that, we have brought in the wonderful Amit Agnihotre, who is the head of UK analytics for eBay. Now, if you haven't had the pleasure of meeting Amit previously, he has been within eBay for the past seven and a half years and has since 2018 been their head of UK analytics, as I say. Now, before that, Amit worked within GFK, AXA and Salsa as well. Now, if you can't find him at the work desk, you'll most likely find him out in the garden. Amit, lovely to see you today. Hey, Catherine. Hi. Yes, lovely to be here in this meeting. Fantastic. Now, I've got to ask, many people have taken up gardening in various lockdowns that we've been experiencing, but for you, was gardening a prior passion to COVID or is it a hobby that you found during the pandemic? That was my, uh, before I started, I have been born and brought up in a farm in back in India. So it, this was always my passion, but I never get a time to involve myself. And uh, especially in London, I was living in a flat before, so no opportunity, even if I have a time. And uh, now that I have a house and I did get a time during COVID, mm. so I started this, uh, I reignited my hobby. I love that. I love that. So often it can be that starting something could be the hard part and actually maintaining it. So I'm glad that you are afforded that opportunity to, to yeah, as you say, reignite that passion. That's so great. And as we know, all the wonderful uh, things that come along with being outside in nature or the fresh air, which I think we, we've needed in this last year, given the, uh, the stressful time. So I'm excited to hear about the work you've been uh, doing at eBay. But I think Let's start off. I think what would be really great for me is if you can set the scene and talk me through exactly what is natural language processing or NLP. So in a very uh, simple terms, like most of the times when we do analytics, we are mostly dealing with numbers. Okay, how many users are there? What is the length of the time? So it's very numeric, something that we can quantify. Okay, and we have done analytics has done last 20 years have improved a lot and we are like very, very getting more and more efficient on that. Uh, what we have ignored that almost 100 times bigger data is available on natural language. And it's very difficult to process that thing because like the way I say things changes the meaning of how, what I intend to say. Like if I see, uh, if I ask uh, what, uh, Generally, if I ask the person, what do you do in a natural language? They say, oh, we are tracking the number of messages or social uh, messages that have come that have a eBay or their company name. Mm -hmm. And then they started looking at, so first of all, what are the interest levels or how many times the eBay word has come? Something like Google Trends, how many times the eBay word has come? Or yeah. especially the best example is iPhone launches and you can see it goes up and down. But as of now, not now, recently till now, it's, it's all about all about mention. So you can see the text, you can see the like text or something that has uh, eBay or iPhone or anything else coming to that. So that's all about the mention part. 
what has happened recently that we are trying to get is that if you mention is one thing, try to understand if the mention is in positive or negative way. Mm-hmm. Now that what I call is uh, NLP. Or you can say that the phase two of NLP is that try right. to understand um, what is the context of that message. Okay, it could be like really pissed off and you are saying uh, something which has a totally different connotation, still not yeah. something positive or negative. And why this is so much important to us is that when we looked at our customers who are churning away and then we try to uh, survey users and see why you have stopped coming or in general to eBay or in general to any companies. And mm-hmm. most of the times, uh, not most of the times, I would say almost more than half of the time, they're saying is that they generally sleepwalk into uh, churning. It means that they didn't, they didn't decide uh, that they, okay, this is it. And then we move to some other platform. Slowly and slowly this happens. And when we looked internally and then we decide, uh, not decide, then we found out that most of these people are basically silent sufferers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that differs from culture to culture. Sometimes we can say the silent sufferers. Sometimes people are very vocal. Some yeah. cultures are very vocal. Then they have problem. Then they put, okay, this is, I'm not happy. They click the button. When they click the button, we get yes and no. That's yeah. what we do all the time in analytics. Okay, yes and no. And then we see, okay, yes and no. What does that mean? Sometimes culture is very like, um, not very direct. And mm-hmm. we have all sorts of studies. And you can say, okay, fine. Okay, fine. I will not talk to you, fine. Uh, slowly and slowly, and then they cut that thing off. So now what we are trying to use, we are using a natural language processing to try to understand if we can understand is what has triggered that kind of a behavior or Absolutely. that is small, 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 we call them paper cuts. The small, small, small paper cuts then like add up and then you decide one day that you're fine, I need to uh, search for some other platform. Absolutely. And I can imagine there's so many challenges with this next level of NLP, because I know myself in my personal interactions, and we've all had to do it uh, due to the pandemic, right? We, we all now communicate even more online. And occasionally you can receive a message from someone who you know very well, and you can sometimes be like, oh, that's a strange tone. Are they sarcastic? Do they actually mean what they say? So imagine, you know, now employing that with analytics extremely challenging but for you Amit what are the biggest known challenges and then opportunities presented by this next level of NLP? Um, so uh, uh, you have given a very good uh, context and I can give you example like I was new to UK and I was having a meeting um, and I will not give more than that context but to me the meeting was going very fine uh, after the meeting my boss came to me and said oh my god that meeting was a disaster I was like I was asking and they were saying yes, they were saying yes. And say, uh, but, uh, probably you need to understand the nuances, how they are saying and kind of stuff, which was like totally new to me because I came from India, for me, the mm-hmm. world is like, okay, this is what they have said. And how they are saying it makes a total difference. So the challenges, one of the challenges that I see is the culture specific challenges, the country specific challenges, the same uh, sentence from a German customer and from UK customer could be very different and could be very different from French, Italian customers and all the stuff. So that is one thing that we need, that we are like finding it very difficult to uh, unravel. Mm. And sometimes uh, like 
comparing different countries together makes it very difficult. Absolutely. Okay. Then uh, there are domain specific things and which we find it difficult some some kind of a words and which is easy to solve. Because once we start learning and when we have our preparation data and then we start giving them the word that they uh, the the whole model picks picks that thing up. The most important thing is sarcasm. It's so difficult to understand, uh, um, especially when you go to social media. Mm -hmm. The thing that I'm talking about it doesn't because when you do a member to member messaging on eBay, that's not a big thing. Um, because then you don't do sarcasm when you're doing a messaging and then you're trying to give a feedback or try to ask a question. But it's a big thing when we try to go to uh, our social listening tools and try to understand what people are. Because most of the times people do sarcasm. And, um, and then we are trying to find ways how we can understand that thing. And of the research I've seen, the smileys, the use of the smileys can help us understand how, when you are doing the sarcasm or not. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, those emojis, right? We we all use them in such different ways. I was reading a fan, fantastic yeah. article the other day saying the generational differences and actually how you can really give a, a quite immediate understanding of how old you are by what emojis that you use within your language, which I find really interesting. But just as you've mentioned there, Emma, if, if you're being sarcastic and you're using a certain emoji or whether you genuinely want to send a uh, slightly smiley face um, to, to someone. So you mentioned there about the understanding the transaction messages in eBay and I know that's that's what I'd really love to zero in on this podcast episode because I think it's going to give a really um, great example of, of this being used and the successes and the and the learnings that you've had so what exactly is it you've been doing with NLP uh, in that in that sense so as you know eBay is an open platform anybody can come and sell and like other platforms, we let the users decide what is right or wrong before eBay intervenes. So we just like to be like as, as open, uh, as pure as possible. So M2M messages is basically, uh, it can happen before the sales that you ask questions what is happening. It can happen after the sales. And most of the times when we've seen them, when it is after the sales, it's more about you have some issues with the, with the product. Mm -hmm. or with the seller or with the delays and all that stuff. And what we are trying to understand here is that how we can use this M2M, which is member to member messaging and try to predict what could have happened. So first thing is, okay, if we are seeing these more M2M messages uh, and then we see certain kind of characteristics of these users combined together mm -hmm. and we can say, this is one of the examples that that can help us understand how to improve our product or the intermediation. Yeah. Okay, so that's one thing. Other thing is that, uh, so that is on the product part. Other part is that we also need to understand is that, okay, this is an example of a silent suffering. Okay, and if we see some person has been silent suffer, suffering and most of the times, like when you are buying, say some uh, Samsung phone or some other phone and when you have problems, obviously this is such a costly item. If you have problem, you will raise the concern. Absolutely. Now, if you are buying a Samsung charger, which is a five, 10 pound, and if you have a concern and you will think 10 times whether I should be doing anything because of the, the, cost, the time value of money. Mm -hmm. Okay, leave it, find it. We need to understand that thing. And the main thing is that we want to give the best to our customers. And if we see these signals happening a lot, um, we can at least 
I don't know whether we can give coupons or not, or whether we should be giving coupons or not, but at least saying or sending Same. one simple message that uh, we see that you are finding some difficulties. Help, uh, let me let us help. How uh, yeah. let us know how we can help, or some some kind of a uh, 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 message boards, uh, which is like something like that could happen and increase engagement going forward. So what, what the analogy that instantly springs to mind is when parents are sat with their with their children in the play park and they're just watching them and you can start to see a little bit of an altercation. You're sat on the sidelines thinking, am I going to have to intervene or are they going to sort it out? And I'm yeah. guessing it's those sorts of signals that you're waiting for. So yeah. as you said there, if there's, you know, eight or nine messages going back, OK, there's clearly a, a, an interaction going on here, which is not as clear cut as you exactly. want it to be because you just want someone to come and buy it, be happy and leave. You don't want this interaction necessarily um so, so that's, that's... exactly so if i just summarize in uh, in two sentences first one is whether we want to intervene and second thing is that can we improve our product mm. as well okay these are things that are happening a lot okay how we can educate our sellers is that okay we are seeing this problem a lot so whenever you do a listing of this type can you add these features as well because that that will solve right. a lot for sure Right. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, what's been really interesting over the last uh, five or so years is how the customer department and the data analytics, data science department is becoming so, so close now. And I think this is such a great example of that, where clearly the customer experience, the buyer experience, seller experience is so front of mind. So yep. when you started this project, was it a data led project that you said, hey, customer guys, this could benefit you? Or was it a customer department led initiative that you were brought in to help with? So it's a combination of both. Mm. Okay, And uh, of late, I've seen in many organizations, all these things are coming together. So uh, like uh, customers, and analytics and they cannot be like two different departments it has to be in one department because yeah and that's how the ebay has been changing now so like our analytics is now going to the uh, going to the customer org so customer growth organizations so basically we're reporting to that and i'm seeing this thing happening more and more half uh, uh, regularly where where analytics and strategies are coming, strategy departments are coming very close, or customer yeah. departments are coming very close, or like um, head of analytics reporting to a chief customer officer instead of chief financial officers and all this mm -hmm. stuff, because that is the most important thing. Initially, analytics was used to validate that something has happened and not happened. Now I'm seeing it's more and more uh, people are moving how we can use analytics to drive over strategy that has become a, like a big change especially in the last two or three years it's not like a validation tool analytics yeah it's more about okay strategy tool is that what we should be doing next I love that. Love that strategy tool. What a great uh, sign bite there. So, I mean, with this work that you've been doing, obviously, it's, we, we can we can tell from the tone of this episode that it's very much, you know, in, in the front line and future of NLP. So what have been your current learnings from this user case? Have there have there been things that you you've taken back to the drawing board or is it a case of, you know, continuously growing? Like what, what have you learned from this experience? The first experience was that this is not as black and white as the numbers are. <laughs> numbers are very black and um, I would say not black and white, but again, they are very close to that black and white thing. Um, and this has to be an iterative process. So like if anyone is trying to get into NLP and using uh, that as a learning tool, don't expect that you will get 
a very quick answer because when you start seeing the differences and challenges then you see that every time there's a small improvement you do a step you improve a bit then you again redo the whole cycle and think how i can improve this thing so be patient on this so this is like huge tool like 10 times 100 times more data that we have on natural mm. language compared to the numbers uh, and it will take time. Uh, it's not like a magic thing. Uh, like, okay, I do do an NLP and I get a great results. So this is one of those larger strategic projects rather than one of those quick win projects. I think I, I love that, that truthfulness behind that, Amit, actually, because I think often, you know, we, we, we can be a little dishonest perhaps with how, how quickly we're going to see returns of investment in this project. But it sounds to me that the rewards of getting this right are, are very, very high. Let's be honest, yeah. you know, but the, the, the road to get there is not going to be the quickest of, of routes. Now, I, I've got another question. I think I can predict the answer uh, based on, on anonymizing data, but I'd, I'd love to know when we're talking about sellers and buyers messages, how do you consider the ethics surrounding privacy? I assume there's some sort of um, anonymization of, of data yeah. there. So in eBay, almost everything is anonymized. So we don't know the customer. So whenever we use the data, it's anonymized. And the learnings is based is basically we are accumulating the data. And then we see uh, basically the learnings on an aggregate basis mm -hmm. whenever we analyze we analyze on an aggregate basis so we don't analyze on each user basis so only time when we go to the user level when we are like like even we don't go it's basically system of bots which basically see oh there are 10 10 yeah. transactions so we need to like a pop-up message that needs to go so we're not even aware of those messages only time we go to the customer ones when we have to look into customer specific com com uh, complaints. Then we need to go and see the history. But otherwise, like I have never seen any uh, one in eBay, especially in my in my knowledge, where, where people are going to customer specific things. So mm. all data is anonymized, and the learnings is basically on an aggregated basis rather than on an individual basis. Absolutely. Fantastic. I, I always like to ask that one because I think uh, obviously our, our audience and listeners yeah. are going to be data professionals that they'll, they'll likely guess it. But I know the people that they're buying into in terms of the executive board to start these projects. That's going to be kind of a question if you're not totally aware to how that that data works. And there's a very thin line between uh, how you're using data and when you cross over into a text part. So we have, like, we are always very, very careful that eBay is that we are not crossing this line. Mm, absolutely. So uh, I'm keen to to pick your brains for a bit of advice here now, Amit. So say you, you've got someone who's listening to this podcast episode who, who wants to begin an NLP project. They, they can hear the value coming from your user case and they think that can apply to them. Where on earth would they start? Uh I would say that, okay, uh, first of all, they need to see where in the organization are they capturing this data. Okay. Okay. And even if we are not capturing our data, I would say that we always have a social listening, which some companies are not even aware of. It's basically your company name is being taken in social media because such a big thing. So then you can start, That's that, that could be the first thing if you are not, uh, having m 2 messages or you're not getting a feedback, customer feedback. But like customer feedback is that whenever they go on online and, and leave these things, mm -hmm. that could be one thing. But there could be many non-e-commerce uh, companies where the, everything is a brick and mortar. Now, these companies, that they will not have these feedback, they will not have m 2 communications. A good way to go there is to start listening to the social one. 
because obviously with the social uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and all these things, Reddit, uh, people are talking about your company. That could be the first thing to go into and start thinking about what is happening, what they're talking about, how many times they're mentioned. Google Trends is a very good way of doing that thing, but then the second step is to, okay, these mentions are positive or negative and how you can extract value from those and change either their products and services or change the intervention. Absolutely. I think what's so interesting about this whole area is that it really does link with so many different departments as well, because as we know, there has been in the last, uh, well, I don't want to give it a time frame, but uh, most recently, we, we are going from kind of a product-based society into this customer experience-based society yeah. where brands have an identity. So this listening to socials is so important to understand how people are receiving your brand. And your brand almost has a voice now, right? So it's got to reply yeah. to that. So being death to uh the, the responses and, and and commentary that is ongoing in this in this permanent dialogue between customer and brand i think is so so crucial um so that's that's really interesting now i'm, I'm keen to know so, so we start off with social listening did you have to obtain executive buy-in to do what you're doing or was it just ingrained as part of ebay's natural uh you know way of working how how, how did that relationship i have look? been lucky as my leadership team is very like number driven or mm -hmm. index driven. So most of the times I get these kind of uh, push. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't, wouldn't say the push is basically a pull from the top. It's basically, oh, we need to focus on this. We need to focus on our customers. Yeah. So I'm blessed. I will say uh, analytics in eBay is blessed. Leadership are like very uh, leadership team is very advanced, and they think about that. And customers is the topmost thing for the eBay leadership team, and that's what. But uh, I would say for these projects to be successful, we need to make sure that leadership team is aware of this thing so we need to do an education thing and we need to say okay this is not a, as you have said this is not a quick win yeah we need to develop we need to understand what our customers are saying and then we should have a kind of a understanding is that okay so what so if we mm -hmm. listen and do all the analysis do we know so what on that and that's where the involvement of leadership team is very important and I would say that this is kind of a cycle the leadership team is involved and the analytics will team show, okay, this is what we can get. And then again, it goes back to leadership and say, okay, fine. So from this, we can take A, B, C, D actions. And then again, it comes back to analytics and say, okay, now we've taken those actions. How do we feel? Uh, the ROA part is a very later stage part, but are we seeing any actions? Are we seeing improvement in customer interactions or not? Yeah. I love that. I love that thinking of it as a cycle. That's fantastic. So we are, we're uh, rapidly running out of time and I'm, I'm keen to ask you about the future. I'd love to know what is next for your innovations that you intend to work on at eBay over the next, say, six and 12 months. So I just keep myself on NLPs. Um, so we are looking to go into NLP to even look at the purchase intent. I can't uh, divulge more about this project, but we are like, using NLP to get into purchase intent domain. So basically what you are thinking to buy, you have not yet purchased what you're thinking to buy, how we can use NLP to even predict that thing. That's so exciting. Oh, well, I'm definitely, I'm gonna have to look at my calendar Amit, and get you booked in for this time next year so you can talk just about that, absolutely. Yeah, maybe next year, but yeah, this is like <laughs> a, what are the things that we are trying to do. 
I love that. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be a 2021 podcast without asking it, but how's, how's COVID shaping up for, for uh, you know, I don't want to look back too far because I want to frame it in, in more of a future approach, but how can you see that impacting uh, things? Because obviously when we're talking about, you know, NLP and, and messages, I'm sure the pandemic threw a bit of a different data set towards you as to what you were seeing in terms of activity, I'm sure. So how how is COVID going to continue impacting your work or is it not really impacting it so i've been thinking about this question so in terms of work probably not much but what has changed is the social aspect of that is like my technical work has not changed so what i'm doing here more or less the same thing i can do from mm. the office just because we are all um, like everything is e-commerce everything is virtual we can do that thing the main thing that we are missing and and this will become bigger and bigger is uh, and as we get more and more new employees and and uh, colleagues that interconnectedness between teams over the period is going on initially it was not big of a difference initially it was more of a okay because we know initially we know everyone yeah so yeah. it's fine so i know that that person is working in this department this person working in this department so i can connect over the period of time, new people are coming, people are mm -hmm. leaving, coming, mm -hmm. and these new people are like finding it very difficult to get um, same kind of uh, communications or relationship with other non-work related employees, which is very important. It's like yeah. when I was like, I, I was, I, I used to know almost everyone at eBay and sometimes I was working with them. Most of the times I was not even working for them, like still uh, working. Yeah. And still we had this connection connectedness so that I know that something will come and I know this person is doing this. I can connect. Mm -hmm. That kind of connection is being, is, is getting lost now as we extend this lockdown. And that will have a huge impact interconnectedness. That's such an interesting perspective, actually, Amit, because I've, I've never actually heard anyone and put it like that. But it's such an interesting point because I know many companies are, are getting Zoom fatigue. You know, the quizzes have all stopped and those social aspects of trying to maintain some normality because people were just tired of it, let's be honest. But actually, it's so interesting, as you say, that, you know, as you get that natural turnover, as you do in any organization, you have new people arrive. And, you know, linking it right back to, to the example I gave at the start, if you have never communicated with someone off of say slack or whatsapp or teams or however you communicate you might not know how they communicate which you would in an office or if you see them at a conference and things like that so it's so so interesting so thank you for for adding that very uh, new and fresh perspective to the to the podcast here and then the last question i want to ask you if you were going to give a fellow data leader just one piece of advice to guide them over the next 12 months what would that one piece of advice be keep your team engaged and by engaged i don't just mean the work but emotionally keeping your team engaged is very 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 important at this point of time and ask them to connect to other team members like uh in our ebay we we have like a leadership meetings and uh, then you are connected with some random like a random connection oh wow okay yeah, that's and that's awesome. that's really nice and you get to know a few people who you may or may not have worked with and that's good and i love that uh concept awesome so, so well, is, yeah sorry no don't go on but this is something that i say is that outside this start thinking outside work because like we are seeing waves we last september we thought everything is done and we are going back to office another wave came 
Now again, we are coming back to the same feeling that everything is off. You never know how many waves will come. This could be a new normal. So not just think about work with your team members. It's more about okay, getting accustomed to this new normal and say, okay, fine. So let's start connecting outside work as well. I love that. I love that. Well, Amit, thank you so much for joining me today on the Bob Plot. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Catherine. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you as well. And as you poke some different questions, it started thinking, okay, what I'm doing on that thing? And it <laughs> also got me thinking, okay, one thing is saying something, another thing is that, okay, am I doing that thing or not? <laughs> well, so, thank yes. you so much. Great. Thank you, Catherine. We hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Do be sure to subscribe and follow the Business of Data podcast wherever you're currently listening to ensure you're always first in line to the latest episode. We'd also appreciate your review as well. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. And as always, find us on socials as well as heading over to the Business of Data platform for more forms of great content, including articles, blogs, and video. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you real soon.